hello and welcome back to another episode of Baseball Night. We are back. We were on vacation, getting some sun, and now we've come back to the Red Sox not playing well in July. I'm joined by my brother Jack. Jack, how are you? Hi, Tommy. Well rested, well sunned. Good to see you virtually after just seeing you uh, in person. Yeah. Uh, so we we watched some of the Red Sox on vacation, and it was never good. Nope. It was not. And uh, so, Jack, I want to start with this has kind of been a big topic, and I agree with it. Right now, the Red Sox have an AL East problem. Mm-hmm. They are currently eleven and twenty-three against the AL East, while while they're thirty-six and nineteen against everyone else. The problem is, is when you just lose all the division games, you you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Nope, nope. Uh, we talked about on this show that the AL East is far and away pro- the best division in baseball, maybe only rivaled by the NL West, but. Um... I mean, the NL West has three teams that can possibly, you know, make the playoffs. Uh, the AL East has four. Um, and as of recording, the Baltimore Orioles are the hottest team in baseball with 10 straight wins. So they are two games out of the wild card. So right now, five teams can make the playoffs from the AL East. Oh, my God. Um yeah, they're in a tough stretch of game. I think it's 17 straight against the – it was the Cubs, Rays, and Yankees. Um, so tough matchups that they have to win. Um, they took two of four from the Yankees over the weekend, which I guess people considered that a big win. In the first two games of that series, they did not look good. The Yankees showed how much better they are than the Red Sox. Um And now, as we make the turn here in the season, going into the All-Star break, I have a real concern about the second half of this year if they don't make a move. Right. We will get into moves later in the show. So, when I said the Orioles are two games out of the playoffs, that works two ways because that also means that the Red Sox are two games away from last place in the division. Mm -hmm. They... Which wasn't the case before they started the stretch because they were like six games up on Tampa. Right. This has been a concern of mine so far this season. They have not beaten good teams. No. So it's not just the ALEs. They got their ass kicked by the Mariners – or not the Mariners, the Astros. Mm Mm-hmm. They got their ass kicked by the White Sox gave them trouble, and they're not even that good. No. Nope. They did sweep the Guardians, which is strange. They did. But I don't think I don't think they've played the Twins yet. Or they played the Twins super early. I don't think they've gone to Minnesota yet. Uh yeah, they're just not beating good teams, and that's a that's a bad recipe. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's really not helping them out is their pitching staff is absolutely decimated by injuries. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but, I mean, at the same time, uh, they're, they're not 
the pitchers that aren't injured aren't really giving you the quality starts they were giving in June um, and holding people to, to low run totals because, I mean, Alex Cora is to the top quote on MLB.com is we are not playing good baseball right now. I suggest anyone that hasn't heard it, go look up his whole like press ca- press game rant last night. And he was really like talking about the Rays saying they they have a lot of injuries too, but they're playing hard. They're making the right play. You can't give them extra outs, all this stuff. They're playing hard. He kept saying they're playing hard. So finally, um, I think a guy from Mass Live asked him, Did you, are you implying that you guys aren't playing hard? And he said, I didn't say that. I said they're playing hard. But it just seemed like he was a little fed up with the – each game against the Rays so far has had a – boneheaded play uh-huh. that <clears throat> has cost them. Strom throwing it and then Vazquez not expecting the ball back. So basically, Strom got hit by a line drive, tried to make a stupid play, mm-hmm. a run scored, and then Franchi, I believe it was, or Ryan S- Ref Snyder, threw it to Vazquez, who was asking for time, so he wasn't even looking, gets by another run scores. Last night, Ref Snyder lollygags a ball into Bogarts, who hears something about a cut, so jumps out of the way, and another run scores. Yep. It's just ugly. Yeah, middle school and baseball is, down in Tampa Bay. This is the kind of shit that... Go ahead and do it against the fucking Reds, who I think beat you two out of three. They sure did, Dude. in Fenway. <laughs> Same with the Cubs. The Cubs and the Reds are two of the worst teams in the Cubs, baseball. The Cubs thing drove me crazy. They... They should that was a, that was a sweepable series, right? And and they got beaten Wrigley two out of three. You know what else drives me crazy about the Cubs? It's kind of cool, so old school. But when you're just going about your workday and you get the 15 minutes till first pitch notification, yeah. and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you and I are on different wavelengths there. I I love a middle of the afternoon baseball game, no matter what I'm doing. But it's just oh, I do too. It's just tough. <clears throat> When you're sitting in an office and you're about to commute, you're gonna miss the whole second half of the game. Yeah, but I mean, that, no, I guess there's no, I the guess point. there's nobody called Joe Castiglione to be with you in the car. It's just not the same. I like to. I'm a visual learner. I get it. And then one final thing on this, and we can move on to a more positive note. I don't think there's the, anything positive in this rundown. Oh, oh wait, there the is. Next, the, the next one. Okay. Yeah. But as of right now, as we were sitting here, July 14th, three days before your birthday, hey. um, the Red Sox are four and nine in July. Mm-hmm. Just abysmal. Again, not good. But you said you mentioned the teams, but well, they played good teams. I was really pumped, really pumped Saturday and Sunday with those wins over the Yankees. Those were those, awesome uh, they wins. They were huge wins. They were come from behind wins. And I, I Against thought. This is this is exactly what they need to go into the All Star break with some momentum if they can keep it going. And then they got to Tampa Bay, and the mental mistakes just killed them, crushed them. Right, and they did it against the Yankee bullpen, who are nasty. And I well, hopefully from it's now a sign on, that the the Yankees are going to lose some of that unbelievably hot start that they had. I mean, maybe I Severino just like, went on the. Oh, he, he left the game yesterday. They lost like ten. I think they only lost like ten to fifteen games in the first two months of the year. So they like they need a check, a reality check. Yeah, 
Clay Holmes is now the guy that comes into the game, and I'm like, well, fuck it, turn it off. That guy's nasty. Um, but as we said, moving on to brighter things in the future. If you've listened to this podcast all year, we have talked about three players consistently, and all three of those players are all-stars. Devers is starting at third base. Bogarts just made it in the reserves, and then J.D. Martinez replaces an injured Jordan Alvarez. First things first, that's the appropriate amount of Red Sox to make the All-Star game. Yeah, I think we talked about that a few weeks ago, if there was going to be any some other people. and I think my only pick was uh, Waka, just because of the season he was having at the time. I was at the beginning of June, and uh, now nobody will think Mike Waka will make the All-Star team. No, he hasn't pitched terribly. He's just been hurt. He yep. hasn't logged a lot. I of mean, games. in reality, he's come back down to earth. Uh, and so has Nick Pavetta. But on a happier note, I mean, the, I think more people in the baseball world need to take note of how good Raphael, Raphael Devers is. It's the second yeah. straight starting appearance. Jose Ramirez is having an unbelievable season at third. But if you did the head-to-head voting, which I did, uh, and they show the stats right next to each other, it's not even close. Devers is outpacing pretty much everybody. And he's, what, 25, 24? Yeah. Get out of I, town. They, they showed a stat last night on Nesson during the game, and I know I've brought this up before, the extra base hits thing. Since a certain time, he had 247 and the next guy at 219 in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. The guy swings the bat and hits the ball wicked fucking hard, and he gets an extra base hit. I mean, just his performance against Garrett, Cohn, Garrett Cole alone, would you would look at it and say, oh, this guy is a top five hitter in baseball. Garrett Cole, who, I mean, admittedly, I don't like at all. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a good pitcher, but... He made no bad pitches to Raphael Devers, and Devers went three for three with two home runs. <laughs> I got to say, we're related because my point I was going to say is the the homers he hit were good pitches off of Cole. Or, yeah, good pitches from Cole. And I was going to say, neither of us like him. So his reaction was like, You'd normally it would piss us off, but it was like deserved there. He yeah. threw a slider that would have hit him Devers in like the ankle, the back ankle. That's like, I remember Joe Kelly made a big strikeout once and he referenced a back foot slider where it's like, well, regardless, it's a ball or he swings and miss. You're not going to hit it. And that was the first home run that Devers hit. On it's the a second one. Did, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say the second one was a ankle high changeup that, legitimately fell out of the zone from like where it started at Devers belt. And the only person who didn't think it was a fastball, there were two people who didn't think it was a fastball, Garrett Cole and Devers and Devers hit it to the back wall in center field. Yeah. And then here I am again, I'm going to go on a, on a Xander, Xander Bogart gets no respect rant. Yeah. I want to just going to, he hasn't had, he hasn't, had power numbers this year, which is, you know, a little frustrating. He's been bad in cleanup. He did say he hurt his back and his wrist colliding with uh, Verdugo, which I actually thought 
when it happened and the way Bogarts fell, I was like, shit, Bogarts is like out, out. Um, but go to Fangraphs, put a little couple filters on, put the American League filter, the shortstop filter, and the qualified batting filter on. Guess who leads everything? Xander Except Bogarts. home runs in, you know, home runs in RBI. Xander, it's Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts. Yeah. The fact that he wasn't even in the final two. Yeah. It's just, it shows you that, and I know this is for the fans, but it shows you that fans maybe shouldn't get to vote. I've always said that. Especially, that's the reason all-star starters are like, in my opinion, not as not as important as guys who are chosen by managers and and everybody else. I mean, it's how many times have you seen a batting leader, a guy leading the league in batting, not get voted to the All Star team because he doesn't have twenty five homers at the break? Like, right, and Tim Anderson's to- having an amazing year. Nothing wrong with Tim Anderson's year. Uh, ask any baseball person, and I'm talking all. 30 general managers, including the one of the Chicago White Sox. Every single one of them is going to pick Xander Bogarts over Tim Anderson to build their team. Yeah. I and I like Tim Anderson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. My big problem, and I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, but we talked about it on vacation. When they were doing the selection show, I think five of the nine positions in the finals had a blue Jay mm-hmm. and it's like, you're opening this fan voting. A whole country is just voting for nine guys. Yeah. Kirk, Vladdy. Um, well, I mean, the same can be said for Otani too. Otani shouldn't have beaten Jordan Alvarez for DH. Otani had an entire country voting for him. I'm going to, I'm going to push back a little there because of, He's voted as the DH, but you have to factor in his pitching. Jordan Alvarez should win the MVP. No, Aaron Judge should win the MVP. Well, that's true, but Jordan Alvarez will be a top three MVP candidate. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is having a better year than Shohei Otani. I'm agreeing with your overall point. Oh, see, I I actually think right now that all with Jordan being hurt. I think the top two MVP guys in the AL are Otani and Judge. But that is not what we're talking about here. Um, And then J.D. Martinez could have... That's just like a weird thing where you're you're just a straight-up DH. So you're behind Alvarez and Otani. And, you know, you're kind of in no man's land. So if you're going to make it, you're going to be a replacement. He's having a great year, but he also, as a DH, probably needs to jack up those power numbers. Yeah. I mean, his in the last two months, his average was dropped like 65 points. Yeah, that, that was kind of unsustainable what he was doing for a I, while there. I, yeah, I get it. But, I mean, like you just said, also, nine homers at the break for a guy like J.D. Martinez is good for you, man. He has He has – Two more homers now than he did in all of the 2020 short COVID year. So Right. Yeah, so he made it, and those three guys are the three that should make it. That's where we I think we are pretty comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Do you know who should not make it? Anyone that's played first base for the Red Sox, Jack? 
Yeah, I think this is where I was talking about. Now we're going to take a little more of a uh, a criticizing turn against the Red Sox. So um, early in the ba- year, it's bad. I want to say in April when nobody was playing well, you and I were pretty quick to realize that nobody on the team can play first base. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gotten considerably worse as everybody else around them has gotten better because it's just glaring now. Um, and to there has been so much patching of things that Alex Cora doesn't normally do uh, that he he's kind of patched the, oh, well, it's first base. Let's just um, call up Franchi Cordero, a right fielder, and have him play first base. And arguably, some of the worst defensive first base I have ever seen in my life have has come from Franchi Cordero. That dropped pop fly yeah. against, yeah. was that the Yankees? Yeah. Which kind of cost them the game. He also can't dig a ball out of the dirt because he's an outfielder and has been for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, he, It's just bad. And he's none of them are good enough offensively to excuse the defense. And none of them are even close to like acceptable at defense to make up for their absolute lack of offense in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, all those things you said about Franchi, you can just say about Dahlbeck. And he's oh, been multiplied a by 100 in Dahlbeck, because at least Franchi has, has the, improved. I've never played first. Well, and he's improved offensively all year. He's way yeah. better than he was last year. However... So, Dahlbach is arguably worse than he was last year because he hasn't had the hot month. I, I, I We say it almost every week. I don't know what they see when they look at Brian, uh, Bobby Dahlbach. I said Brian Dahlbach. Bra- oh, I, when they, I wish he was playing first base. I'm no kidding. Uh, Bobby Dahlbach, it, it's, I don't get why he's there. I, they have to have trade pieces. I, I don't know. We thought it could be Casas, but he's cooled off after his elbow injury in AAA. So right now, it's bleak. There is nobody in, in that organization who can play first base. And my biggest fear is by the end of the year, they're just going to stick Vasquez over there and have uh, Plowster catch. Well, Vasquez is a free agent, so I don't know. I don't know what they're, like what the hell their plan would be. I think... I, well, I think the plan is Cassis. I think he got injured. He's had... I just read... He's only he, 23. I mean... Yeah, and he's only working back from that injury in the Florida Gulf Coast League now. And he had like a couple at bat. So he'll play the whole second half, get back to AAA. And I think they'll just start the season with him at first base next year. I think that was the timeline all along. We were, got really excited about him. They mentioned maybe he'd come up in July... Because I wonder if they looked at it and said, shit, we're going to need first base help in July. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 26th in home home runs for at in the league at first base, 22nd in RBI, 28th in average, 29th in slugging. They have 10 home runs and 45 RBI out of the first base position. Jack, legit that is what you want in, like, May from yeah, your first yeah. baseman. yeah. Like, think of, like, Pete Alonzo. And 
I think Anthony Rizzo hit nine home runs in April. He did. Anthony Rizzo was the leader uh, in home runs in April for a good portion of the early season. I, it's We are going to get to someone that's been floated around a bunch in a minute for first base. But the last thing I wrote on this subject was Dahlbeck has to be moved. I don't know if a team... I'm so sick of reading. Oh, well, he still has that 25 to 30 home run power. Where? Do you know what every pitcher did after his hot second half last year? They stopped throwing him curveballs because he can't hit a fastball. Mm -hmm. Or they started throwing him curveballs. It's... Wait. No. They stopped throwing him breaking stuff because he was hitting the breaking stuff. And he... And he can't hit fastball. So... It's you watch it and then he does stuff like drop pop flies in the infield. And it's like, you've been a fucking infielder your whole life. Yep. Drop pop flies in the infield does not play a reliable first for people throwing him the ball. Um, and again, he sucks at hitting. Right. He doesn't make up for, he's not a bat only first baseman. He's a nothing, nothing first base, which first base is like arguably the most powerful position, the most run-producing spot in lineup, or it should be traditionally. Traditionally, <laughs> you have a giant right-handed power bat, mm-hmm. and especially for the Red Sox because you play at Fenway. Yep. Well, I mean, go down the line. There's been, you know, at least an all-star caliber first baseman there for a long time, and now we're... You know, the the post-Ortiz years, uh, well, he wasn't really a first baseman, but now there's just, like, there's no production there, and there's been no production there. Even in 2018, when they won the World Series, who was over there? It was uh, Mitch Moreland. Oh. Pierce and Mitch Moreland. Okay, so the World Series MVP. But he was a, he was a, they brought him in as a trade piece. He wasn't, like, on the team. They said we need help at first base and brought in Steve Pierce. So it was it was the same situation as now. So they got production from him, but yeah. I mean, that's the it's just so frustrating. Yeah. And then all right, go ahead. No, I have nothing to add, unfortunately. Uh, all right, so we can move on to the rookie starters have been meh so far. <laughs> That's kind. Well, it's meh because Winkowski and Crawford have had good games. They've also been up there the whole year too. Like for the most part, they've been they've bounced but through they've bounced through both uh Worcester and Boston pretty much the whole Right. Year. But then you have Bayo and Seabold who both have ERAs above 10. So Meh. Yeah, Bale, um, arguably, granted, I know why they did it. I don't think they had any uh, inclination outside of injuries to have him pitch for the Red Sox this year. I agree. Because um, he was he was going about getting those nice reports. Everybody's like, ooh, here we go. We got a nice young prospect coming up. And then he gets up there, and I think he gave up uh, three in the first, two in the second. I mean, he, he didn't have a good game. Um, but again, I don't think he was ready. Uh, what sucks is 
we were on vacation, but I watched the game after and like the um the no commercial version of it. He had some good stuff. It just was right in the middle of the strike zone. Um so I don't know. Hopefully he'll get better. Uh I tell you what though, the future if the future is Connor Siebold, Cutter Crawford, Winkowski, uh that's bleak. That's pretty bleak. Yeah. So Crawford to me is destined to be like a nasty middle inning. Yeah. Reliever. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's like an inning eater guy out of the bullpen, yeah. I think. And then All right, here's my issue. Connor Seabold. It's only a couple starts, I get it. It's up to like 6 though. And So he got up and everyone's talking about him and he pitches fastball, pitches fastball, nasty fastball, loves his fastball, all this shit. 52% of the time he throws a fastball. Okay, we get it. Guy loves his fastball. He's averaging a 92 mile an hour fastball. Yep. That is ridiculous. That's that Rich Hill heat, Tom. It's not a cutter. It's not a sinker. It's his fastball. Yep. And if I can shed some light on this, another pitcher that also throws his fastball 52% of the time is a rookie, Hunter Green. But his fastball go averages 98 miles an hour. <clears throat> yeah. I watched uh, Hunter Green pitch against the Rays the other day, and he had seven strikeouts on pitches over 100 miles an hour. Um, yes. That's when you average your fastball more than half yeah, the time. That's when you throw, yeah, that's when you throw your fastball over 50 miles an hour. Um, Connor Siebold, I mean, is actually, as I looked on fan graphs, he's had three starts this year, 11 innings, oh, so nothing three. really to write home about. I mean, he's averaging just over three and a half innings a start. Um, but the one thing that jumps right off the page is he's striking out 10.3 guys a game. I mean, so he's striking people out. Uh, unfortunately... He's also has a 12 ERA, 11.91. Right. And is... 20% of his fly balls go out of the yard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at least with that, he is only 26. So, I mean, out of everybody, Bayo looked the best. He looked like he could be a pitcher down the line. Um, but, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I. Josh Winkowski can is a career triple A guy. I don't think he has anything to to stay up here for a long time. Yeah, I mean he pitched well except for a three run homer last night, but I mean every now and then someone's gonna pitch well. Oh so. damn. You know what I just realized, Tom, and I'm sorry to go to whack us all out of line. We don't even have Chris Sale on this rundown. Speaking of Oh, rookie, I was gonna bring him up. Speaking of rookie pitchers. I was gonna bring him up in a little bit. Okay. Um yeah, so Bale does seem like the guy. You watch him, and he's not placing a 97-mile-an-hour sinker, but you're like, oh, that's nice. That's a 97-mile-an-hour sinker. Yeah, he still, I every feel now like and, he still has some stuff to learn. Yeah, every now and then there's a changeup that just completely disappeared out of the zone, and you're like, I get it. 97 sinker, drop that changeup on him. That'll, that'll play. Yeah. Um, I think the difference right now is he's, like you said, not expected to come up. And he's leaving his changeup too high that he can probably get away with every now and then in AAA. Mm -hmm. But when you do it to, you know, 
Randy Arozarena and Edwin and Yandy Diaz, it's going to get hit. So I agree. I think Crawford's here to stay, but probably in the bullpen and Bayo is going to be good. Yeah. So we'll end it on positive. And that can bring us right into um, what we want to see the Red Sox do for trades because they definitely aren't, like you said, making it very far with this uh, group of pitchers they have now. So, and first baseman they have now. So, okay, let's go. Let's, did you do three? I asked to do three. Did you, you didn't write anyone down. I didn't write anybody down, but I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Okay. So let's, let's try and rank them three to one. Okay. If you can. So who would, who is the third person you want the Red Sox to go after? Uh, and I will, if I did write it down, it was going to be any bullpen piece, Mm -hmm. any bullpen piece, any sustainable bullpen piece that has major league experience and getting hitters out after the seventh inning. Okay. Okay. Here. Um, so what I'll do is I will, I will just say that the number one person on my list was, David Robertson of the Cubs. Okay. And that's exactly what you talked about is mm-hmm. the reliable bullpen piece. But as I went through the major league tra- or MLB trade rumors website here, they have the top 50 most likely players to be moved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some names pop up like Michael Fulmer. Not great, but reliable bullpen. Yeah. Or there's David Bednar. Uh, and, and the Pirates, who is also and, looking for Oh, move. yeah. He's nasty. He's an all-star. Yeah. And then Andrew Chafin is another one. Just reliable bullpen. Someone that can go in and get you three outs. Is he the uh, big old he mustache-looking dude? Yeah, yeah. He's on the Tigers right now. So yeah. the Tigers apparently are trying to move some bullpen pieces, which <clears throat> okay. get on the phone with Detroit. Mm-hmm. I can't, you don't have to give up Bayo. You can give up a yeah. mid-tier prospect. If it's for, if it's for a um, all-star closer, you might have to give up something big. Maybe. Um, so Chafin has a player option, and where where's David Robertson? I think he was to hire. It depends, I think, on the salary, you know? I think if uh, the, salary, the salary goes – if you have control of them past this year – you might not have to give up as much. Or, wait. If the salary ends this year, you might not have to give up as much. Yeah. Yeah, and and David Robertson's a free agent after this year, so that's kind of a quick rental. But then you got to think, does David Robertson get you over the hump? So, Yeah, it's tough. All right. So my... Oh, you go, you go. Yeah, my number three... I had written down was Luis Castillo. If they're looking to move him, there's a there's a starter that can make some waves for you. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he's been uh, rumored to go to the Red Sox for a while too. Maybe just in my own head because I want him. But well, he came to Fenway and absolutely destroyed the Red Sox. So yeah, I know. Again, and he's for a team that had no business destroying the Red Sox. 
he's arbitration eligible next year, so you have control of him next year. Yeah, and just doing some quick little digging here. I mean, he's 29, has a under three. Oh, my gosh. Let's get Luis Castillo. Yeah. Under yep. three ERA, 10 strikeouts a game. I mean, only two walks a game. This guy's loaded. I do I spent some time on this Fangraph site with uh, Luis Castillo here. Okay, just do it in private, Jack. Jeez. Yeah. Um, all right, and then... Right, I got a good one for number two. Okay, who's your number two? Josh Bell. Yeah, that's my number two. Okay. Switch hitting, giant power. Washington is nowhere near that race. Um, that I feel like you could give away... Josh Bell's a name. Um, and he makes a lot of money because he was a big signing for Washington. But you, you have this is something you you gotta you gotta part with some of that talent in AAA. I mean, this is exactly what that talent in AAA is for. I don't think they're gonna bring him up or bring all those guys up, and they're all gonna be successful. Uh, I think we've talked offline before about them moving some of these players finally to get major league talent, something they haven't done and kind of wasted their top prospects in the past. Um, <clears throat> Josh Bell is an all-star player that they need to get to close a giant loop in their offense at first base. Yeah. So I agree. That's been, that was the, on the athletic this week, that was like the number one guy that Jim Bowden said that the Red Sox should go after. And he is, he makes $10 million. So not that bad the rest of the year. Probably, what's that, like $5 million for the rest of the year because you're halfway through. And he's a free agent at the end of the year, so you might be able to, you know, get away with not giving up too, too much. And then you got to figure that goes right into the um, Tristan Cassis timeline. You get Bell for the rest of this year, and Cassis starts next year. Boom. It kind of is too perfect. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I just, I'd really like that. <laughs> I'd really like yeah. it. And then um, I had one more kind of honorable mention. Okay. I have number one. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Who's your number one? Pablo Lopez. Mm, I did see he was available. Yep. Pablo Lopez, a 26 year old, four and three, 285 ERA, 75 and two thirds innings pitch. Um, the Marlins need major league players and they only have pitchers. Um, boy, you know, what's funny, Tom is I was reading an article this morning before we hopped on here about trade candidates. And I didn't realize Pablo Lopez was available until I saw it. Uh, he's young arbitration eligible and I mean, they have – I unfortunately think that to get him at 26 from the Mariners – or excuse me, from the Marlins, who are looking for a center fielder, it'll probably take Jaron Duran to get Pablo Lopez. Maybe, yeah. Which would be – I mean, as you get higher up the list and uh, quality of comeback, you're going to have to give up some serious talent to get it. True. That is – yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
I guess a bunch of my my number my number three is a bullpen. My number two is a first baseman, but my number one is another starter. Is when we get to the playoffs, you're gonna need a starter to give you six, and I don't think that Nick Pavetta is that guy to be the third best starter in your rotation. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. I agree. It's so I just had the bullpen one and starter three, but um. And then my honorable mention was what about Mookie Betts? <laughs> God damn it. (laughs) We have a couple housekeeping things on the Red Sox. First things first, they got rid of Hansel Robles. See you later. See you later. Most hittable 100-mile-an-hour pitcher in the major leagues. I... There was a night belt to belt to belly button, Tom. Throw it in there. There was a night I went to bed with them like winning, and I was like, ah, okay, good. And then Robles blew it. I couldn't. Bl- I was like, the yeah. next day I was looking at text. I was like, what the hell happened? And yeah. another guy. So Dahlbeck and Robles, I think, should be gone. And you know what? Hyam has to uh, accept the fact that he made a mistake with Jake Diekman. Yeah. Fangraphs, I saw this on Twitter. Fangraphs has a bullpen implosion stat, and he has like 11. That's not good. Um, no. But the big one, Jack, Chris Sale came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, five shutout innings. Yep, against the Rays, too. Mm-hmm. Last year, I had a big issue with Chris Sale coming back and just taking games against the Orioles. Um, the Tigers, I think his first three starts were manipulated so he would have like quadruple A teams to throw against. And then when he got into competition, he got crushed. Um, So at least they're actually saying, hey, Chris, we're just going to pitch you against major leaguers because you make this absurd amount of money that we shouldn't have paid you. Uh, so, yeah, he did five innings, five strikeouts, um, no earned runs. He was able to not destroy any equipment on his way back down to the clubhouse. Um, and then the bullpen blew it for him. Yeah. Um, and then the bullpen blew it for him. Well, the offense didn't help him out in Tampa Bay either. No. So the thing. So, yeah, he's back. I'm excited. I hope he stays like this. But, again, I just don't have any confidence in him. My, the last time I had confidence in Chris Sale, he struck out Manny Machado to end the World Series. Yeah. He did that. So, for me, I watch him pitch, and I'm like, "Are we have to adjust our brains because 96, 97, Chris Sale is gone. He'll hit it three mm-hmm. times a game. I'm not used to that, that yet, so I have to, like, get used to Chris Sale as, like, a pitcher pitcher instead of, like, a flamethrower well, uh, strikeout guy. Yeah, unfortunately, I, we, I got used to it last year. I got used to it the year before that, and I got used to it the year after 2018. 2019. He's not Chris Sale anymore. He's not Cy Young Chris Sale. He's not even number one pitcher in your rotation, Chris Sale. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating. Like, they make this big hoopla, and he comes out and throws, like, three pitches above 95. It's like, oh, all right. This is him now. Um, yeah. I mean, furthermore, to offer an editorial – I think he's an asshole head case as well, too. Okay, put that down. We'll make sure to note that. No, I do, too. I think he's... And 
I mean, come September, he's not going to Canada, which now is just kind of getting ridiculous. Now I'm starting to wonder. Did you hear that the Royals, the Kansas City guys. Royals, have 10 unvaccinated players? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Benintendi, Hunter Dozier, I think Merrifield. It's like they're good players, too. I mean, why did they become baseball players when they clearly had all this medical knowledge? Unbelievable. Right. Yeah, I. It's at this point, it's. I don't know. It's you're making the statement, and maybe like for the Phillies, you're not going to Canada again for a while. So I like those guys can make their stink about it, and JT Real Muto saying. I'm not going to have Canada tell me what to put in my body. Seemed like a little extreme. But, you know, sitting here for, I think it's going to change for Duran, it seems like. But I'm just sitting there like, you guys are just straight up bad teammates. I think it'll say, I think it'll change for Duran because I think now Duran is starting to realize I'm a better option in center field than PK Hernandez. Right. And go to neverwears.blog. Uh, we talk about great article we talk about kike getting traded i still stand by it but now i'm wondering the team even though they haven't been playing well the team is a hundred times better without kike hernandez robbing you of a lead he got pulled out of a rehab start yesterday so i don't know if that means he's close or he had a setback maybe he got traded and we haven't heard about it yet oh maybe someone's reading the articles that'd get some traffic all right and then we are recording this Thursday, July 14th, and Friday night starter against the Yankees on July 15th will be Nathan Avaldi. He's back. And when he's back, Whitlock is coming back, and he's going to the bullpen. That So he's going to be in the bullpen the rest of the year, and I wonder if they are thinking the addition of Sale and maybe Paxson. I... He was a Oh my god, I think I've said it three times on this podcast. I keep forgetting about James Pax. So I just wonder if, you know, they had a sit down um and we're like Whitlock's been more effective out of the bullpen and our bullpen sucks. Like end of conversation. That must have been it. Yeah, I wish they'd do something to actually address that problem with an outside player instead of just trying to pick up triple and double A guys to fill that role. Yeah. And who knows, maybe, you know, maybe David Robertson comes on over in a trade. Uh, so that's all That's all the news I have on the Red Sox. I guess we could take a break and talk about some Major League Baseball stuff that's been going on. Sure. All right, so we'll be back. Jack, we're back. That rhymes. Um, we can start with the All-Star game in general. Other things like maybe some snubs. My so this goes back to kind of what we were saying. This was my main thought mm -hmm. about the All Star Game so far, or for this year. Uh, and it goes, it's the fan voting again. I love Ronald Acuna, and Ronald Acuna is a great player and an All Star caliber player. He was the top vote getter in the National League. He missed a month. He's played 50 something games, has like eight home runs. That's not the top vote getter in the National League worthy. No. I mean, like, the guy that should lead the National League in votes should be whoever's like leading the MVP race, maybe like Machado. Yeah. That, I, I just, I don't get. I think people got all swept up on him coming back 
and the giant baseball market. Yeah. 24 year old, young, exciting player. That's why he's, he's a fan favorite. If you watch any of the college world series or, you know, any kind of other in a lower level that they play on these, uh, that ESPN or something like that, when they ask people their favorite player, a lot of younger, a lot of younger kids, including college and down, are saying Ronald Acuna is my favorite player. So that's where. It comes yeah, from. I am just you know it's one of those things like what you know. No, but we talked about it earlier in this episode. The fan voting for the MLB has long been a problem. Uh, it's the reason fan voting is the reason we have an actual professional franchise named after a dinosaur. So. I mean, that's the reason the Toronto Raptors are named the Raptors because of fans. Yeah, I mean, so people are dumb. Yeah, there's a more deserving guy to play center field in the uh, National League All Star team. On the bench. Yeah. Let me. Is it Soto? Well, he's not really a center fielder. But anybody who played more than 50 games and has a 275. Uh, oh, you're saying just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially if you go through Jeff Passan, luckily tweeted out some of the egregious snubs, which, I mean, they're always going to be snubs. Another rule that might have to go, but baseball won't do it because of um, you want to get as many fans into the All-Star game as possible. It's a little lame that... um. Every team gets an all-star? Like the two th- I don't think that's lame. I, I like that. I like that every team gets their all-star. Um, it does give you all-stars like Lance Carter. Brock uh, Holt. For the Rays. Brock Holt for the Red Sox. Again, um, it I'm does- just going to jump in here. Look at the stats from the Red Sox that year. If they were going to have an all-star, it should have been Xander Bogarts. Go ahead. Yeah, Tom, Tom you never ever have to clarify some Brock Holt uh, overblowing to me. Slander? Um, oh, wait, no. You, you're you agreeing no. with the slander. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think that there's... Uh, I'm looking at the rosters right now here for outfielders. I guess it's only the... Oh, here we go. Ian Happ... Starling Marte, Schwarbs, and Juan Soto are the four outfielders in reserve for the National League. And Ian Happ, other than Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ, I guess if you have Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ isn't necessarily a got to be on there for the Cubs, so he must must be somewhat deserving. But yeah, I, um, how about I mean, speaking of deserving. What do you think about the additions of Poolhouse and Cabrera? I see. I don't think that like took a spot away from someone. I think they're just there, like emissaries. They've added yeah. them. Yeah, because when you go on, I think I'm on MLB.com looking at their rosters, and it says in parentheses next to both of them, special selection. I think they're there to yeah, get their like day in the sun. Flowers to get their flowers. But at the same time, Poolhouse has done it like. 16 times, so I guess he doesn't need it. Yeah, it's Pujols' 11th All-Star oh, team and 11? Cabrera's 12th. Oh, he has really fallen off nice. since going Hurt. to the Angels. 
I'm telling you that I got a contract to LA. <laughs> I saw something that his play the last few years has caused him to be he was a 100 war player, which is like an elite group, and he dropped out yeah. of it because of the last few years in with the Angels. Yeah, shout out to a YouTube channel called Baseball Bits. Um and they have a a pretty good breakdown uh how it actually kind of all translates back to his speed and it says is albert Pujols too slow for baseball uh it's a very good watch and it kind of breaks down where those since he went to la it is like insane from where he was when he was in st louis yeah i like he passed stan musial on the um all-time extra base hits list the other day which made me go down i read his uh, his biography but made me go down stan mutual rabbit hole guy fucking crushed doubles he's mm-hmm. third all time in um extra base hits and didn't hit 500 home runs so that tells you about his doubles and triples but i it's like crazy to me to think in high school if someone came up to you and said who's the best hitter in baseball we would have said albert pujols and here yep. we are Almost 20 years since you graduated, 15 for me, and we're st- he's still playing baseball, but he's just not the same. Still an all-star. Yeah, and in the home run derby. <laughs> and Tom Clayton Kershaw is an all-star, baby. I know, Jack. Okay, again, do do this. Talk about a guy who just keeps it getting it done. No special selection there, pal. I know, Jack, I don't. I'm. I've not come on here and said <laughs> Clayton Kershaw shouldn't be an All Star. Um. Oh, he has an asterisk next to his name. I wonder what that means. That means. I think it's he could have thrown a perfect game in 85 pitches. Okay. But his. Uh. Well, let me see here. His manager is a. C- oh, choice. Say that on the air. Choice of MLB. Oh. No, that means like he was the. No, no, no. I know what it means. It, but I just don't. Uh. I don't know. Man, I tell you what, Jordan Alvarez, 306, 26 home runs and 60 RBIs. Uh, I know he's hurt, but my God, that, that's the biggest snub that he's not the starting DH. Yeah. I. If you want Otani in there for his pitching, have him pitch. Jack, I mean, then he would bat over Alvarez. That's Shohei, Shohei Otani. Otani rule? Shohei Otani needs the publicity of the all-star game because he's not getting it from a shitty team. I actually had oh, this. He has a two, four, four ERA and 14 starts. This should just be renamed the show. Hey, Otani show. He, okay. And his so in his last 34 days, this is uh, from Alden Gonzalez. He's pitching. He has a .45 ERA, 58 strikeouts, 11 walks. Hitting, he's batting, he's slashing 287, 393, 604, eight home runs. We are, you and me and the rest of the world are doing a disservice for not marking, making a reminder in your phone to stay up and watch the days he pitches because he, last night, Destroyed the Astros with 12 strikeouts and hit a huge two-run triple. Yeah, I, I mean, I watch him pitch every time he pitches. So but that's I understand Alvarez is 
a having a ridiculous year. And this is why kind of the whole all-star thing is a little ridiculous and stupid because, you know, well, not stupid, but people are going to get snubbed. But you have to factor in the pitching, and there's nowhere to put Otani. I mean, he could be the starter, and maybe that will happen. Maybe he'll start the game, and then someone else will, J.D. Martinez will DH, or it would have been Alvarez. I don't think it, he'll start the game as a pitcher because he's on there as a DH. I don't think he'll pitch this year. He started last year's game. Uh, yeah, that's true. They're probably – but anywho. Um, I, I mean, anywho. Uh, and then again, I just want to shout out, and again, we have this kind of related to the top – our AL East problem. So many first-time All-Stars that are pitchers in the AL East. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And a lot of them are on the AL East. Holmes, Manoa, McClanahan. And every one of those guys has destroyed the Red Sox at some point this year. Yeah, I know. Oh, and Jorge Lopez, too, from Baltimore. Nasty closer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, as they say, you don't love to see it. No, Clay Holmes has a .46 ERA and 16 saves. Oh, he terrifies me. Yikes. Okay, and uh, I where are we going with this last one? Oh yeah, okay. So the, the other big thing uh, that came out recently is the World Baseball Class is, is coming back next spring. Woo! The- Normally, I would say that honestly, and I honestly believe this, that one of the, my favorite things to do all year long is to watch the Home Run Derby and then the All Star Game. I love the All Star Break and have since I was a kid. Love it. Uh, right behind that is the Spring World Baseball Classic. I think it's so fun to watch. You get the dynamic of um, like all the best stars in the world competing with their friends that they probably grew up with and played on teams all throughout their home country with. Uh, coming back together to do the World Baseball Classic. I'm pumped about it. I, I love it. I love watching it. I think that some of the best players in the world have, for some reason, kind of resisted joining in the past, but hopefully that's not the case anymore. Hopefully we get the best players on the best or it, representing their countries because it's it's a fun watch. So um, the so here's the – hold on. I have too many tabs open. I'm sorry, everyone. Jack told me about baseball bits, so I Googled it. But here we go. Pool C is where the U.S. is. Mex- USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and a qualifier team. Pool D, this is always the most fun one. Puerto Rico, Venezuela, mm-hmm. Dominican, Israel, and a qualifying team. So, in some... Well, they've set them up. They've, they've set these pools up for it to be a final four of Cuba, Japan, Dominican, and USA. Of course. As, as yeah. you would. Um... It also does help in the first and second rounds to have, I mean, Cuba kind of gets screwed, and so does the Netherlands. Well, oh, yeah, that's in Taiwan. So in Italy, I'll have to go to Taiwan. That's tough. But, I mean, Japan, Korea, Australia, and China are all in the same time zone, so that that pool makes sense. Um, Also, for your anti-vaxxers, they don't have to leave the country. Right. Wait, who doesn't? 
the anti-vaxxers. It's a, for the USA. It's all in Arizona or Florida. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it. I just I love watching Pool C and D. I kind of usually feel well. I'll, I'll watch Pool A because Cuba is always fun to watch. I'll watch Pool B because Korea is always nasty in this. Yeah, game. Korea and Japan that's true. always. That's So have really I'm just good gonna end up staying up way too late for yeah. too long here. Yeah, this is a this is like a next spring we'll be doing very tired podcast talking about. Did you see Otani blank Australia last night? But here's the deal, Jack. <laughs> this is that I want this so bad. This is the potential Dominican lineup. Leading off. Fernando Tatis Jr. Batting second, Jose Ramirez. Batting third, Juan Soto. Batting fourth, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Batting fifth, Rafi Devers. Batting sixth, Manny Machado. Batting seventh, Teoscar Hernandez. Eighth, Gary San- Sanchez. Nine, Starling Marte. I want that. That's an Number one team. pitcher, Sandy Alcantara. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. I love Latin baseball so much. I want to go. Play some winter ball. I want to go to um, Miami March 11th to the 15th. That would be fun. Quinny went once. Quinny went and he said it was an awesome time to like experience. He said the crowds were nuts for all of those games. For all those who don't know, Quinny is Jack's friend right. from high school who's just like a man of mystery. Yeah, you won't yeah. see him for two years. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did these like eight incredible things. I went to Africa. I rode a giraffe. <laughs> like that's and that's how he tells you. Oh, yeah. shout out Quinny. All right. That my that was a quote. <laughs> um, and another bit of news here: Charlie Montoya was fired. And don't from the Blue Jays. Yeah. Wow, Jack, pick that rock up off when? your head. A couple days ago, like two or three days ago. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, don't pull a muscle neither of us should pull a muscle patting ourselves on the back not thinking the blue jays had it we said that at the beginning of the year it's like great you guys added didn't they make a big signing oh kevin gosman who's been nasty yeah um but and they have barrios who hasn't been great i don't know i just imagine imagine charlie montoyo who is sitting with a pretty good chance to make the playoffs getting fired. And you still have Tony LaRusa, who yesterday walked, I think, Jose Ramirez after an 0-1 count. I, you know, I saw his picture on the cover of, on the opening page of Fangraphs, and I didn't get to read it because I was just doing some research for this. I, when you're really good friends with the owner, you can do stupid shit. And when you're a senile old man, you can just be like, hey, he's a good hitter at 0-1. I just don't get why make the pitcher waste the pitch. I mean, also, like, Juan Soto... Obviously, I don't get it. Like, so my thing is, if he goes 1-0... Are you going to throw a Tony pitch? Tony LaRusse is not going to call for four to three other pitchers? I, I I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's like he's having these fucking attacks in the dugout being like, oh, walk it. it. Or he has, like, a sheet that says, on an 0-1 count, Jose Ramirez can hit a ball. I don't know. It's yeah. Charlie Montoyo, the team could have, uh, is in line to pass the Red Sox. 
and they have the best like they have else. the best home field advantage in all of sports star players from every team just can't play at your home stadium except the Yankees the Yankees had a big non-vax situation then they were like hey we're the Yankees and can win the World Series everyone get the vaccine hey we're gonna win 130 games this year for the entire team stays healthy so yeah he got fired I think John Schneider is the name of the guy that took over bench coach that I guess everyone loved because he was in the minors with all the young guys. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, I guess there was, I heard um, ownership and like the front office was a little upset that they weren't better than currently right now being tied for third place. Um, But also I guess the players had trouble with like who was in charge in the dugout or in the locker room. So that's, that's that. And we can end on the Mariners winning 10 straight. Now closing the gap to 11 back to the Astros. Yeah, and uh, their their big prospect has really found it. Said he was going to make the, uh, or he's making the all-star team, and he's going to be doing the uh, home run derby. Stop covering your mouth. No one can hear you. But Very exciting player, no, yeah, Julio Rodriguez. You mentioned him. Was he a rookie of the year pick? Yes, yeah, he he's awesome, and know what he is? He's fun to watch. Yeah, he figured it out too because he was striking out way too much in April. Yeah, um, and of all people, Mister Mariner himself, Harold Reynolds, like got on him on MLB Tonight one night, and I think since that he's been like outstanding. Well, he listened to him. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Good for the Mariners. Yeah. Um, a better team than the Orioles, who have also won 10 straight. The Orioles, you know, I'm bummed we didn't do this. Like, we could, obviously, we were on vacation last week. You know, you need the time to recuperate, but we couldn't sync up the day, the week before we left. Um, I had meant to say earlier that I think the Orioles have jumped to the tier of being a pesky team, and now they just seem like a decent team that can give you fits. They might have gone beyond pesky because they are above 500 in July. But I've been meaning to – I'm like, you know, they play these games and, like, they're close. They walk off. They beat good teams. And I was like, shit, they're pesky. Now they might be good. Yeah. Uh, All-star closer. Uh, Cedric Mullins isn't having the same year that he had last year, uh, but then they have Mount Castle and Rutschman. Mm. The only dumb thing, I don't, just don't, maybe they wouldn't be as good if they didn't move the fences back 350 more feet, but uh, really trying to go for the polo grounds out in left field. Well, there. I really wonder if the team starts to get good, no right-handed hitter is going to go there. No. Like, Mount Castle must be like, what the fuck are you guys doing to me? I was yeah, the, he was the only guy. Yeah, me like besides Mullins, it was like sweet. We have Rushman coming up, and Mountcastle had a great year last year as a rookie. Let's let's move the fences back fucking seventy feet. Are and, oh, and make it as high as the green line. It's so stupid, and it looks dumb. Yeah. Speaking of our favorite topic here on the Never Wears podcast, Mookie Betts. I remember he would just go to Baltimore and just have a three homer game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack. He killed the Orioles. I saw him hit a three. I was at Fenway. He had a three homer game against the uh, Diamondbacks. 
And then a kid that went to high school with our cousins got in the game for the Diamondbacks. Then the Red Sox won. No, they didn't win the World Series. Maddie Cobbs. Yeah, he was always on the. <laughs> he was always on the field. I wonder if he's still doing that. All right, Jack. We're now officially off the rails. Yeah, we're. I gone. have my last full day of work <laughs> that I have to go pretend to do stuff at. Um, so we will. I think what we will do is we'll come back next week post All Star Game because I believe that's Tuesday, and mm-hmm. we'll talk. We'll review some of the predictions we made preseason. Some are bad. Um, as in, neither of us had Houston winning the AL West. Whoops. Um, we both tried to circumvent them. But th- we'll look at a, a couple of our predictions, and then we'll talk about the second half going forward. But for now, see you. Bye. Bye.